Hey everyone, I'm your host, Wesley Tran, and welcome to Recovering Travel Junkie, a podcast where we'll be discussing how traveling has impacted a person's personal growth and purpose, and we'll be diving deeper to understanding the world's different human beings. Welcome to Recovering Travel Junkie. Today, we have another special friend of mine. He is an online fitness coach and the founder of H3 Training. He is the lord of flipping items and earning profit. He is the son of a pilot, which is how he gets to travel to all these awesome places. He is my friend, Hayden Humphrey. What's up? What's up? Appreciate it, Wes. Yeah. Hello. Welcome. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I like to ask this question to all my guests. Do you remember how we first met? Yes. All right. Let's see. So... For sure, IT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was IT, okay. Because I think I had, like, mutual friends with you before that with, uh, like, Brett and Billy and all them because you used to live in that thing. I I saw you a couple times back then, but when I first met you was definitely at the IT job. What was that? Junior year? Junior year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like IT orientation, I think. Right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. We used to watch the freaking uh, basketball games. During, during the work hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Hayden, so you grew up in Redlands. Can you tell us what exactly and where the Redlands are and how it was growing up there? All right. So, yeah, Redlands is in San Bernardino County, kind of close to Riverside, um, you know, Southern California. Yeah, it was cool. Um, I think Redlands is a, it's a, it's like, a, it's a good neighborhood. It's not a, you know, middle class, nice. I live in a, a cul-de-sac, um, that, you know, diverse area. Super blessed to have grown up around here. I've been, my elementary school is like literally down the street. I'm actually, I'm visiting my family right now. So I'm, you know, I'm in Redlands now. I haven't been here for months. It's kind of funny that we're talking about this now. And I'm actually here. Um, yeah. But it was, it was a great place to grow up. I've, yeah, I couldn't have, you know, wished I lived anywhere else, honestly. Yeah. So how do you think, this place shaped you rather than like living in somewhere else? Like what distinct qualities did it Hmm. give you to become the person you are today? Let's see. Let's see. I mean, like since just where I've grown up, I think of this as just like a, you know, an average normal place. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I can't like, I don't have another place to compare it to really like, you know, I guess like, you know, I live in San Diego for some time now. Mm-hmm. And obviously not like, you know, this is like a straight up suburb. It's not like a, that city feel, um, or country. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it shaped me, you know, like, can you like your work ethic, for example, or. And I work ethic. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I mean, I just grew up here playing, like the main thing was just playing sports, you know, mm-hmm. from the time I was four or five years old until the time I left here. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's my biggest memory of Redlands. Like by the time I went to San Diego, I was going to college and stuff, and sports were out of my life. Redlands, mm-hmm. that's all I think about is athletics, basketball, baseball, mm-hmm. soccer, things like that. So I could say, you know, maybe those things shape me to learn how to work with teams, work with people, um, you know, work hard at trying to get better. But yeah, I think it's more the people and you know what I was involved with that kind of shaped me rather than the city itself. If that makes sense. So what were the people like? 
Um, the people, who were they like? Let's see, let's see. So, I mean, honestly, super similar to the, the people like, you know, college in San Diego, everywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. But they were cool. Like, it wasn't, you know, my childhood wasn't like, I don't have any stories where I was like, dang, you know, I was bullied as a kid or, um, you know, nobody believed in me. Like, I don't think I had any, like, any big, like, big problems like that as a kid. Um, people were cool. I had, like, a lot of good friends. People, I'm not super close friends, but, um, you know, there's probably maybe three guys that I'm still, like, close with that I talk to on a regular basis from this area. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyone was honestly just, like, chill, like, cool people. Mm-hmm. I got a lot – I have a lot of uh, – not friends, but, like, you know, a, a cool acquaintances and stuff like that, you know, from this mm-hmm. area. So, yeah, people are yeah. good for sure. That's cool. Yeah. So, do you think the athletics that you grew up around helps you – with your H3 coaching? Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, so now, as you know, yeah, I'm doing online fitness coaching. And that's really where I got my background from. Like, you know, I went to school for engineering, which is nothing close to fitness. No one would expect that I became a freaking online fitness coach. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, that's where I get my knowledge from. That's what, like, that was my obsession for, I don't know, 15 years. That's all I cared about was sports, you know, learning how to jump higher, run faster, and things mm-hmm. like that. So, that's that's the that's the main thing that's guided me to do what I want to do today. Um, yeah, yeah. So you primarily played team sports like basketball and baseball growing up. Right. How did that transition into weightlifting, which is primarily what H right. three? That's a, that's actually a great question. That's a great question. So when I growing up, I was small. Like I'm not I'm not a big like that big of a guy now, but I'm, you know, six, three, like a little over 180 now, but going into high school and like throughout middle school, like that, I was so freaking small. I was, uh, like, there was so much, I mean, so much smaller than I expected to be. My dad's six, one, my mom's, uh, five, seven. So like, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be decent size. And going into high school as a basketball player at five, three, five, four, and like 90 something pounds. Like that was like, a huge insecurity for me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'd always say, like, man, if you were, if you just, if you were bigger, you'd be so good. If you were this, if you were that. Um, and just people always bringing up how skinny I was, was rough. Mm-hmm. Like I hated that so much. Um, mm-hmm. And so probably about my junior year, I really started getting serious about like lifting weights, whatever. And I'm not, I'm not naturally built to be a, a huge guy. So it's not like I freaking started lifting. I just got jacked. Um, mm-hmm. But that gave me a ton of confidence. Just putting on that little bit of muscle mass, um, feeling like stronger than other guys. Um, or just as strong as other people. Mm. Uh, I, I became obsessed with it. By the time I was a senior, I was more into lifting and working out than I even that I was basketball anymore. So mm. yeah, that's that's you know how it took me to to this point. And ever since ever since then, I've been obsessed with it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so during this time in high school, from freshman year to senior year, do you think your insecurity was addressed during that time? Or like, for example, did weightlifting kind of just mask that insecurity Ooh. or did it actually combat it? No, I think it actually combated it because it was, it's real. Like it wasn't like, you know, it was a false insecurity. Like I really was, I was small. Like I wasn't, it wasn't something like, we're like, you know, I don't know, say someone's like, oh, you're dumb. Like, no, I'm not dumb. Like, like it was a fact. Like I was literally physically small. Um, and yeah, it, like I wasn't anywhere. That made, a, that made a huge deal for me. I mean, it wasn't like I, I'm the most confident guy in the world now, but that made a, a big difference for sure. It was real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And yeah. so through H3 coaching, 
do you think part of your job entails empowering people to overcome their insecurities as well? Definitely, definitely. And like, you know, I'm all about people like, you know, feeling secure with themselves, um, you know, no matter what they look like and things like that. But mm-hmm. I think when someone makes a real change and they have a reason to be secure, that's the best, that's the best possible outcome. You know, when someone has a, a, like a background or a base and that feeling of, uh, you know, confidence or whatever it is. But most of my, most of my clients, I want to get, I want to really focus on the, not, again, I guess not really focused, but I like training athletes as well. So I like training people who, who aren't even, that's not even one of their main concerns. I like training people who are, you know, trying to, their goal is to get a scholarship or mm. on the best they can at their, at their specific sport. That's awesome as well. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's get into the traveling part. So the places that you've been to is Hawaii, the Cayman Islands, Costa Rica, Barcelona, London, and Cambodia. Yeah. And let's talk about Hawaii first. Like, which yeah. islands did you visit and how was your experience there? Which islands in, in Hawaii or where? Yeah, which islands in Hawaii? Yeah, so um, I think it was about 10 years ago or so. Um, my dad, so as you guys know, as I said, my dad's a pilot, so I get hooked up with the flights and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, about 10 years ago, he was put on, I forgot what it's called exactly, but basically he just flew to Hawaii back and forth every day for like five years straight. So that oh, kind of wow. got me excited about Hawaii. I was like, oh shoot, I don't want to like, I mean, he wasn't excited about it flying there every single day. He was tired of it after mm-hmm. less than a year. Um, but I was excited about it. I wanted to go. And right around that same time, my aunt, um, who worked from LA, her job, it didn't really transfer her, but it gave her a bigger opportunity in Hawaii. And it was the same island my dad flew to. It was Oahu, um, the city of Honolulu. Right around the same time, she had a place there. And so I got the free flight and I got to stay at her place for free. And that kind of started my whole thing. I've been to Hawaii probably, ooh, probably 10 times at this point, just because of that like little free connection I had. Um, So most of the time I'm on Oahu, I've also visited Maui and Kauai also. Wow. So, yeah. And so during your time with your aunt, did you feel like she was living life as a local while you were there? Or you were just walking around like a tourist, kind of experiencing everything and whatnot? I, honestly, I, felt, I did feel more like a local because it's not a hotel. That I, like She has a, a, like a condo uh, pretty close to the beach. She's working every day just like someone would who lives here. So it's not like we're just hanging out, um, you know, seeing all the tour spots. Like I, at this point, I've seen like all of them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't feel like a tourist at all, honestly, and I didn't really get treated like it. Not that I oh, wow. looks like slightly Hawaiian or what, but like I got the like the local discounts and all that stuff. And it's mostly <laughs> just like the times I went, I would go by myself a lot. And wow, how old were you? Wait, what'd you say? How old were you? I was probably hmm. 17. Okay. Yeah, when I first started going there. Um, yeah, the first time I went, I bought a skateboard from the mall. And I literally just explored everything. I just go to the beach every day, surf every day, um, just skate around. Like, I, yeah, I think I definitely, I felt, not that I had like, you know, a bunch of proud meet people and like whatever, like friends mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but yeah, I felt like, I felt like a local. Like, I didn't, I didn't really feel like a tourist, like just going to see everything. I felt like I was just, just living like a, a vacation. Like yeah. explain it, but yeah. So you're already familiar with the customs and 
even some certain language. A little bit. Yeah. Um, like the, the, the comma Ina, I think that's the, uh, like the local price and stuff like that. Um, yeah, not, not super familiar. I'm familiar with like, I guess how people, how people act and stuff like that. People talk. Um, yeah, like just familiar with the whole environment in general, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what was your favorite memory from Hawaii just in general? Ooh. Like when you hear the word Hawaii, what right. flashes in your head? Right, right. Definitely the surfing. Um, I just went, I don't know, two months ago, um, and I did not get to surf at all. I was pretty, I was pretty uh, salty about that. <laughs> the waves are just trashed. I was there for like five days, and there was not one day where the waves are worth it. Um, but it's definitely the surfing. Like the surfing there, people hate on me for this, but there's a, at Waikiki Beach, it's like the, the tourist spot, and the surfing there is mm-hmm. perfect like i'm not i'm not an expert i'll probably beginner intermediate surfer like i'm not i'm nothing crazy but mm-hmm. those waves are so chill and they last so long like it's the craziest feeling ever like by mm-hmm. far my favorite part of hawaii like not even close wow so yeah. do you think for people who've never surfed before would yeah. hawaii be a great spot oh, to start sure. learning so easy and like like even getting a lesson or just going with someone who you know who can help you out you're like, mm-hmm. it's guaranteed that you're going to catch a wave your first day. Like, okay. waves, like, so, like, picture a wave in, like, Newport Beach or some parts of San Diego where they crash like this. They come down. Yeah. The Hawaii waves are literally, like, it's like this and just mm-hmm. rolls. So, if oh, someone wow. gives you a little push, it's so easy to just pop up and just, and just ride the waves for, like, you know, 20, 30-second ride. Like, it goes and goes. It's perfect for beginners. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. And are the waves really high in Hawaii, like above six um, at all? Yeah, yeah. So there's spots um, on the North Shore and stuff like that during the winter, like pipeline and all that, where the waves are huge. Uh, mm. But at at this beach, that I'm talking about Waikiki. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, I'm saying I mean, the average is two to three feet. Uh, so it's it's mm-hmm. it's chill. Like it gets big. I've I've been there before where it's big, and it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy because waves are so thick there and heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it's a, it's a it's like a beginner spot, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And let's talk about your experience in Costa Rica because you spent yeah. a summer there, right? I did. Yeah. So I had a study abroad. Um, this was probably when was this? This was between junior and senior year of college. So 2018, yeah. summer 2018. Yeah, 2018. Um, say they were five weeks. It felt like a whole summer. It was only five weeks. Oh, wow. Um, but that was a freaking amazing experience. My family was telling me to do study abroad the mm-hmm. whole time. Like, when I first started college, like, you got to study abroad. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I was like, why would I study abroad? Like, I freaking love San Diego. Like, I'm just going to miss out on all this, <laughs> all this San Diego stuff. Like, there's no neat reason to study abroad. Yeah. Um, but I ended up doing it, and it was freaking, it was awesome. Like, that was an amazing experience. Um, so why Costa Rica out of? All the other options you could have chosen. Costa Rica. That was the. So when we planned it, that was uh, that was all that was left. Costa Rica was literally there was like there might have been one more thing. We planned this thing so late. I swear it was like weeks <laughs> and I missed every single deadline. Like okay, you gotta have this paper turned in by this day. Like, oh, <laughs> never did it, and like they, I think they like they still want to get paid. They still want us to go. So I mm-hmm. had all my stuff turned in like 
at the very last second. Like, I think they're, they're ready to, like, just, like, cut the cord a bit. You can't go. Because at that point, I still didn't really want to go that bad. Like, I was like, whatever. Like, it'll be cool. But I'm still going to miss out on San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, it all worked out. And, yeah, Costa Rica was the only, the last available option. But I'm super mm-hmm. glad that I um, ended up going there. Yeah. And what are you grateful for about that trip? Like, what did you come out of that trip that was, like, wow for you? Right. Grateful for Um. Hmm, let's see. I guess it's a basic answer, but it's great for what I have and like, you know, living in the U.S., like all the opportunities and, and stuff like that. Uh, mm. I went there, they set me up with, they call you like Mama Tika. So it's like the, the mom that you live with because I, I live with the family while I'm there. Oh, wow. Uh, and so she was talking about just her struggles of how like the thing that she was doing, like keeping us at the house was like mm. really her only source of income at that point. Uh, I think I don't know if the economy was really bad or I think she worked at a bar super late too, but the pay was like crap. Uh, wow. But yeah, just grateful that I could, that doing that study abroad thing allowed her to, you know, have an income. Um, mm-hmm. It's the fact that, you know, I feel like we have so many opportunities here. It's a lot easier, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to get by and, you know, I say be successful. Um, yeah. 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 That's cool. Mm-hmm. So I remember you, before you went to Costa Rica, you had, a good amount of knowledge in Spanish. So how was talking to people <laughs> in Costa Rica and coming out? Right. Like, I kind of screwed that up a little bit. So I did three years of Spanish in high school. Mm-hmm. And then once my Spanish in high school ended, I did not use it at all. So it was first through mm-hmm. junior year I did Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I'm terrible about just keeping things up uh, mm-hmm. like that. So I think not. it was... What was it? Yeah, junior year of college, I took Spanish. No, sorry. Summer between sophomore and junior year. At summer school, I did Spanish one at Point Loma, which was super easy. Like, it was like, it was almost like high school Spanish one. Like, it was, everything came back to me. Like, it was nothing. Like, I had it down. Um, And then I did Spanish two in Costa Rica. And that was, it was surprisingly hard. Like, it was hard. Like, the, our professor didn't speak any English whatsoever. She only spoke oh, Spanish. Wow. And I, didn't even, I thought she was messing with us. I thought she just like, she's like, no English, no English, whatever. And I thought she knew English, but like was just trying to make sure we didn't speak it. At the end, like I found out she really knew zero English. Like, oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you're saying, how did that, <laughs> I, got off, I got off track a little bit. What was the main yeah, question? Uh, with that? Well, at least did like the other citizens speak English or were you forced to just like- They did. That's, that's what kind of sucked. Um, so the the family we lived with, the mom was from Costa Rica, uh, mm-hmm. but her new husband was from freaking L.A. Like, what are the odds <laughs> of that? So he's from yeah. L.A. He spoke zero Spanish. He lived in Costa Rica for two years and spoke no Spanish. I don't know how he, how that's possible. Wow. <laughs> and he'd get all mad when we were in the house speaking Spanish because he, like, like, I don't know, want to be in on the conversation. <laughs> so I missed out on a freaking bunch of Spanish training at the house because of that dude. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. So like during, like I tried to see Spanish as much as I could outside of that, you know, like with, I don't know, restaurants and, and things like that. But yeah, I mi- I missed out on the Spanish in the house for sure. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So Costa Rica is known for its grandiose geography with its lush rainforest and awesome. Yeah. What were the places that you visited and the places that just absolutely stunned you in its awesomeness? Um, 
I'm so bad with the names of places. Um, but the first place I went to, I remember that name clearly. So when I first got there, my mom had never traveled. I don't think she's, I think she went to maybe Mexico. Actually, no, we've been to a couple places. I've been to a couple places with her, but she wanted to go to Costa Rica. So we went, I went a week early or no, maybe like four days early, something like that. And she came with me. So I stayed with my mom for oh, a few cool. days out there in Tamarindo. That beach is freaking, that, that beach is so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, it was kind of like rainforesty beach and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was, yeah, it was, it's like the, I don't know, whatever, geography and stuff was, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's just like you expect it to be, you know, before you go. So tons of animals, monkeys and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you do any zip lining there or cliff jumping? What I feel like I did. No, so there was a, uh, there was a, what's it called? So our little, our little group we went with, right? So mm-hmm. AIFS, which is like the company that kind of connects us to the school. We mm-hmm. just like do group tours and stuff like that. They had a zip lining one and it, was, it wasn't that expensive, but I did not want to do it. And I want to stay in the, like in a city for the weekend and go like, you know, to the clubs and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, but I missed out on the zip line one. I went to a different one though. The first weekend we went there, this is like a mandatory one that everyone went to. And we went mm-hmm. to a rainforest and we saw tons of like crazy animals and and, and wow. things like that. But yeah, I missed out on the zip line. Wow. Yeah. And when you came out of Costa Rica, did your Spanish improve at all? And did you learn anything else from that experience? Um, let's see. I mean, my Spanish definitely improved. Um I'll get into my other trip later, but right before I went to Costa Rica, I was in Barcelona for a little bit. So I, I, had, I had just practiced Spanish for like seven or 10 days over there. So I, I went in there feeling like pretty confident with my Spanish. And yeah, after those five weeks, I felt good. But the sad thing about that is I probably said about 10 words of Spanish since I've left Costa Rica. And that was uh, like over, over a year ago now, almost two, almost two years ago now. So um, maybe it'll come back to me at some point if I, you know, use it again or someone asks me some questions, but mm-hmm. yeah, I haven't spoken Spanish like literally at all since I left, which sucks. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. But. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. let's just transition to the next two cities of For London sure. and Barcelona. Cause yeah. they were part of the same trip, right? No, no, no. These are, these oh. are all separate trips. Oh, okay. Um, so London, I think this is like summer 2017. Um, I forgot why we even did it. That was just, just me and my mom. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's because my dad, so with he's he went to American Airlines instead of US Air. That was like that was years before. Um, but I think they either they just started flying out of the country or they just made it eligible for uh like the family of pilots to be able to fly out of the country. So that was a wow. free flight. And we actually got to sit first class on that. So that was the craziest experience. Um, I don't know how much LAX to Heathrow. It was no, I think it was New York. Uh, is he through the London airport? I don't remember the name. The biggest London airport. Like, it probably was that. I think it was New yeah. York to Heathrow. Um, okay. so I think it was LA to New York to Heathrow. Oh, wow. Um, and the seats are crazy. Like, it's literally a bed. Like, you press, you press, like, two buttons, and, like, mm-hmm. your seat just, like, folds all the way back, like, to a completely flat bed. Like, you have a oh, blanket. Like, they bring you, like, everything you want. Like, I was like, she's like, how do you want your steak cooked? I was like, what the hell? Like, you're about to make me steak. Like, it was crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, in the beginning of the flight, I was looking at this dude, this is black guy. 
with like some yeah. scars on his face. I was like, what the heck? Like, I was like, who is that? And I was like, holy frig, that's Seal. Um, what? You saw yeah. Seal? Seal, the singer. Yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. like right next to me. Um, oh, wow. And so I got a picture and stuff with him. Uh, oh, that's I sick. Like, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, what the heck? So I'm sure flying first class is probably freaking celebrities and stuff all the time up there. I think that ticket's like, I mean, obviously it's free for me, but it's probably, it had to be at least like, I think it was like 10 racks or something. It's got to be, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's such a cool experience. Uh, and how is the city of London itself? I wish I did more um, than I did when I was in London. For some reason, like I slept, like literally in that first class thing, I slept forever. And then when I got to London, I was like just dead for whatever reason. So like, I, I slept again for like half of the first day and then my schedule was all off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was, I guess it, it's what you expect, but I didn't expect it to be like, it was pretty, it was pretty different, surprisingly. Like, it so was what were those expectations? And then what did you actually see? Yeah. So I expected like other places I've been to, I'm always like, oh, it's not that big of a difference, whatever. And like London, mm-hmm. I, when I think of like, you know, like English speaking countries, I don't know why. I just think of like, oh, it's like the U.S., yeah. Um, and it wasn't like just like seeing like the the castles and like or whatever like the what is it? Is that what you call it? the castle where like the queen lives and all castles, that stuff? Cathedrals, palaces. Right, right. All the, all that stuff was yeah. was pretty crazy. Um, just to see like the way the sh- the streets operate, everything like obviously it's backwards and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but everything was like it was it was real different. Uh, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I took I took a, I had a bunch of so we rented bikes the first day and that was probably the best part just seeing everything, um, you know whatever not on foot but on the bikes we got to you know riding through houses seeing uh, what are they called when it's like the it's like a street and it's all the different countries the like the ambassadors and stuff like that you know where it's like it's like the Iran I exactly what you're talking about and it's like in the Kensington area of London yes what the what is that called. I don't know. I forgot. I didn't know it had a name. That's why. Yeah. yeah. Of- no, it has a name. Um, because like every we have like we the U.S. has a something embassy. Embassy. There we go. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Embassy. The embassy. Right, yeah. right. And so some of them were sketched. There were like some Middle Eastern embassies and some of those dudes out there chilling with just like like big ass guns and stuff. I was like, what the hell? I don't think they had guns and. Yeah, that's crazy. Because um, like I remember in Europe just seeing people holding automatic rifles. Right, right. Or at least security guards holding automatic rifles. Right. Yeah, but it was cool. It was it was a uh, it was a good experience. That's probably the least like out of every place I've traveled to, I probably did the least in London for whatever reason. I'm not sure exactly why. Because how was, long like, were you there? That's true. It was a short trip. I think it was like it might have only been like five days or something like that. It was it was really short. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't get to see. Um, I mean, I, I saw. I feel like I saw everything, but I didn't like take everything in. You know, like I'll go see them for like you know. 10 minutes and just go to the next place, go to the next place. Mm. Uh, but you were there. How long were you there for? You were. Oh, I was there for four months. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. You everything. You really. Yeah. Saw what was I that? had a different experience for sure. Yeah. Like, do you think you would have enjoyed it more? Had you spent more time instead of just going place to place, but actually yeah. just settling down, like you were in Hawaii, just like settling down and just doing your own yeah, thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it honestly. I, I still enjoyed the experience, like going there and, and seeing stuff. But yeah, I always like to just kind of relax. Like when I go somewhere, I don't like having a like a plan. Like all right, when we get there, we're gonna hit this, and then we're gonna hit that, and then we're gonna hit that. I don't like like I like to just just be. 
and just be in a different place. Uh, but we didn't, I mean, we didn't really plan it over there either. We just, the stuff was around. So we just decided like, okay, you know, might as well see. We're only here for a little bit of time. So let's go try to see everything we can. Um, but I still, I still enjoy the experience. Yeah, I mean, like it would definitely be cool if I would have stayed for, you know, a couple of weeks or something like that. That'd be awesome. But yeah. it was still dope. So how do you relax in a city? Because like Hawaii, for example, it's so easy to relax with beaches and resorts. Right. But in a hustling and bustling city like London, how did you find time to just enjoy and relax? I'd like to still try to get work done. I don't remember what I was exactly like working on at that point, like business-wise or, you know, school-wise and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I like to just kind of like live similar to how I live here. Like, what would I do if I actually lived here? Like, you know, mm -hmm. like when I was in... I'll talk to the other stuff later too, but as you know, go to a coffee shop and, you know, work for a few hours on my laptop and that'll give me like, you know, I'll make me feel, okay, I, I got all that done. Now I can enjoy myself a little more or, you know, so I guess maybe work is a way of me relaxing my mind um, in a city, like, you know, no matter where I'm at, it could be country, city, whatever. Yeah. And when you go into these coffee shops on your laptop, do you mm -hmm. people watch at all? A little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it's not, it's like, it's, it's weird. Like when I go to places like that, like the coffee shop is first, it's a lot of Americans and stuff. Like if there's like a Starbucks I'm going to, or I don't know, mm -hmm. I don't know about London, but, uh, you know, like other countries that I've been to that where people actually do look different, like, you know, Cambodia, like I went to, I was in some coffee shops. So there's like a lot of people that were, that definitely looked like they're American people traveling there and, and stuff like that mm -hmm. more so than just walking the streets. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, when I'm busy in my work, I guess I'm not people watching too much. But I, you know, kind of like check things out. Um, mm -hmm. What's going on? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So let's move on to Barcelona. Ooh. Yeah, what was the reason why you were there? I know, but the viewers don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this was my, was it my two-year anniversary? Is that what it was? That what it was? I think my two-year anniversary yeah. was different. Um, this was summer 2018. Yeah, two years. So that's what we, that's what we planned that trip for. And I think that one was seven days. Um, I still remember clearly my family and her family, everybody being like, what are you guys doing? Like, what's the plan? What's this? What's that? And like, they were like months before, like all trying to plan things out. And I'm like, just not into it at all. Like, I just want to go enjoy myself. I don't want to like, we're trying to get two Airbnbs, one in, uh, one in Barcelona and then one, I think we're thinking like Madrid or something like that. We ended up picking somewhere closer. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was the main reason was just for the uh, for the anniversary and just to you know go travel out of the country together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say was the most romantic experience between you and Ooh, your girlfriend there? Yeah. Dang, that, I don't know why when you said a romantic, I had one experience that came in my head, and it was not romantic at all. Um, all right, well, anyway, I don't know how big this podcast is. Who's going to see all this? But whatever. Um, <laughs> so, the second place we went to, there was a beach like down down the street, um, and we walked over there. I don't know if we walked over there knowing what was going on, but this was a nude beach in freaking Spain. I think like they're known for having like a lot of that, mm -hmm. and like there's like it wasn't like an empty beach. Like, there was a nude beach. Like everyone there was naked and like. Oh, wow. I was like, like I'm not, I'm not the type of person to just like, just be comfortable like that. Um, and Ken's mm -hmm. like, oh, we're at the nude beach, like whatever, like, and like she got, you know, nude. And I was like, 
<laughs> all right, well, I'm not going to go back to the U.S. saying that I went to a freaking nude beach uh, with all my clothes on. So I did that. And that, <laughs> was a, uh, that was a weird experience for sure. I was definitely ready to get, like, get back out, like, go back home, get, get my clothes back on. Um, but that was, that was weird for sure. I guess they have that in the U.S. also. But I don't think it was like, places for sure. It was like 30 people out there just straight up just naked. Like it was nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just the norm for them in I Europe. Think that is. Yeah. I think that's like, yeah. not, it's pretty common. Like everyone looks like they're yeah. just mm-hmm. yeah. And would you do that experience again next time you're in Europe? Like, even with like a group of friends, not hey. just a group. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I did it. That's off the bucket list. I already went to New Beach. I'm I'm good off that. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 trip though, I would definitely do that with friends. Like that would that would be awesome. Um, mm. I'll definitely I'll cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And during your time in Barcelona, were there any other challenges you faced? Challenges. Um, I guess one little challenge uh, that I can think of off the top of my head. So we went to a club at like. It was probably midnight. We got all our stuff together. We took like five buses to get there. It was like a club, like a bunch of clubs on the beach. And so I'm wearing like a, I guess like the, this dress coach was just like nice. They don't even say what it is. Are you supposed to just not be bummy? I don't know. There's probably something more specific than that, but I get there and I have a shirt on and it's probably like a $50 shirt. It looks kind of like a t-shirt. It's like one of those long t-shirts um, with like some like uh I don't know. It wasn't like designs, but uh, like some like a tie dye look to like a gold tie dye and black. And I get okay. to the front, and the bouncer was like, "Hey, you can't go in." I was like, "What the frick?" And he's like, "You can't, you can't wear that in the club." I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like whatever. Talk what? to him. No, no, sorry, sorry. Like get out of line. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then he's just letting people go through. When I see dudes walking in with, I swear they had like khaki shorts and like vans and stuff like that. I was pissed. I was like, "Wow." I didn't even think about um, like a race thing or anything like that. I thought he was just being like an ass. Uh, but so I literally was sitting there arguing with this dude for probably 10 minutes uh, as he's letting everybody in. He's like, all right, well, just uh, like it was like a, it was like a, like a fancy t shirt with jeans, right? And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, just, just tuck the shirt in and you're all good. Literally, like, they would be the ugliest fit ever tucked in. Um, yeah. And I was like, all right, F this guy, whatever, tuck my shirt in, go in. And as soon as I get in there, pull it back out and just go in the club. But mm. then I talked to Joe, who are the roommate. Mm. Yeah. Abroad there. So they had another dude, a, a black dude uh, that was in their little their crew who mm-hmm. have trouble getting the club every single time. So Joe was saying it's probably a race thing. And last night, wow. racist or whatever. Um, but that wasn't, it wasn't too big of a deal. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That's you eventually got in and there was like no fights or whatever. And you, you said, were there any fights in, in Spain? Uh, there was no fights or whatever happening. Like at the club, yeah. Like it's not that big of a deal. But oh right, right. It was. Let me ask this new question. Like, yeah, yeah, no, nothing crazy like that. Let me ask this new question. Like, do you has race ever came to be an issue while traveling? Like, did someone discriminate against you outside of that? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Not that I can think of. I feel like I'm kind of oblivious to it. Like, I don't, Mm. I don't normally even think about it at all. I'm sure there's some point where someone, you know, uh, maybe judge me in a certain way or, mm-hmm. um, but that I can think of like in a negative way. Um, not really. No, I can't, I can't yeah. think of it, honestly. It's kind of weird. Cause like, 
I, I think the same way. I, I'm oblivious to it too. And the only incidence, quotation marks, was like I was in Wales and I was like hella early in the morning, like 6 a.m. And we were just outside for like some class thing while I was studying abroad. Yeah. And walked by this old man at a bus stop and he just says something like, I hate you stupid Indians around here. And I like, I look around and I'm like, oh, I'm the only non white person here. Is he talking about me? That's crazy. That's like the only form of discrimination I face, at least. Yeah, yeah. So I totally get, get it. Like, we're kind of privileged in a way just because of right. how we talk and how we dress, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And like, I mean, probably, you know, 20 years ago, that would have been a different story for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, I'm sure, you know, people like, we can't hear people's thoughts or how people feel or whatever. I'm sure there's certain times where they don't like, you know, like us or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't like really experienced it. So I guess that we're lucky for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And let's just go into the last most recent country you visited. Cambodia. Yeah. yeah. Thailand too, right? Cause you. Nah, I was supposed to go to Thailand. Um, okay. But it was just Cambodia. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was summer 2019. Um, my girlfriend had a, she's like super into environmentalism and sustainability and stuff like that. So she applied for some, I don't know, like some like kind of study abroad, like scholarship type thing. Um, and I don't know how she always freaking wins these things, but she, I don't know, probably like, you know, 500 people applied to this and she was one of like four people that got picked for it. And mm-hmm. so, like, from different schools. And so I think there's a few from uh, San Diego State. But, yeah, so mm-hmm. she was there to basically help the Cambodians be more uh, sustainable and, like, environmentally friendly and, like, you know, make things last longer and, and stuff like that. So they had a bunch of projects, did a bunch of good things over there. And then I went to go visit towards the end of her trip for seven or eight days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was like the way she, the place she was at, it was a a fancy hotel. And I think it was like 10, 15 bucks a night. Like an awesome deal. It was like a huge room. Um, her roommate was super chill. Um, didn't mind me like staying there for the week. And yeah, I mean, that, that was a, that was an awesome trip. I want to like, after having that experience and like, since I work mostly online, mm-hmm. I wanted to try to like you live there or Thailand or something like that for like a summer. I want to, I would love to do that. Uh, they have like a bunch of, I don't know what they're called exactly like work, uh, work areas where you can go. They have like Wi-Fi and like there's other people who, who work online, um, oh, wow. office and stuff. It was called, I think it was called like we work was the place. Oh, that's totally we work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do they have that out here too? Yeah. I think, I think they might. Right. But, uh, they're in the news for a lot of wrong reasons. Not because oh, of actually? corruption, but because, like, they're going bank. I'm pretty sure they're going bankrupt. Oh, well, yeah, I haven't heard about any of that. I didn't really know they were out here. Uh, yeah, they're big. Awesome, I went. Because, like, a lot of people were expecting them to IPO and putting their stocks in them. Yeah. But for some reason, like, their CEO, like, backed out of an IPO. And all their shareholders started getting, like, sus with the CEO. And I think he stepped down. And now... A lot of things are just going wrong for them. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. And the one the one in Cambodia was like they had a skate park inside. Like it was it was sick. Uh, but yeah, I could yeah. I could like like I could live there for you know a short period. I mean, whatever. Maybe maybe longer. But I, I want to live in an Asian country like that for a little bit of time. Dude, yeah. That's cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember you vlogged your experience there. Oh, I did. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) And I think you stayed in like a shanty house in the jungle for like a night or two. Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Can you tell us more about that? Oh, I could. Yeah. So um, when I first got there, this was kind of like, I had no idea what was going on. I'm just kind of following everybody around. Um, But we took a van and like an eight hour ride into the jungle into like some like out of the city almost almost to vietnam it was super close to vietnam uh but yeah we took that we took that van out there and then we got to a place at night everyone there was like they made us food and stuff like that there was one guy that spoke like decent english after he dropped us off he left so like no one spoke english um but they're all like crazy nice like you know hooking us up the food there was so fire like i just love eating meat and rice or like meat and noodles and that was perfect for me like that's what they had all the time they had pigs running around they had ox um like dogs puppies uh oh uh, just animals everywhere and it's like literally just like imagine just like a dirt road with a couple houses on the road and then mostly just like huts and stuff like that and that's Mm -hmm. where like people lived it was it was a it was great to see and like everyone was everyone seemed like i don't know if this is real or not like me just being a tourist but everyone seemed so dang happy out there. Like there was kids like just running the streets, playing with dogs, like whatever. It was cool. And they probably made they probably had, you know, close to no money. Um, but they wow. were they looked like they loved it. Wow. Yeah. And how was sleeping in one of those huts? Bro, that that tell you the story about uh like that noises I heard? Uh you might have, but remind me again. Okay, okay. So um sleeping in the hut. So I'm sleeping in like every, we all have our own, uh, what is it called? I keep forgetting these damn names. Uh, hammocks. We have our own hammocks and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of bugs out there. So you zip up your, your hammock. So you're like in like a cocoon. Oh, wow. I'm all like claustrophobic in there. Like I'm already pretty tall. So I already felt cramped in there. I would not zip my thing all the way. Like I was going to take the chance of getting eaten alive by bugs. Like I had my thing open a little bit so I could like get my head out. Um, mm-hmm. But in the middle of the night sleeping in there, um, I hear like like growling and stuff. I I didn't really give any background on this, but one of the guys we talked to basically we came to the conclusion he's like, yeah, there's there's tigers out here, but they're way in the jungle. Like, don't worry about that. And I was like, what the frick? Whoa. And like we're in a hut made of like kind of like hay, whatever whatever you call it, like easily yeah. pushed over. And I hear growling. Like I'm literally in my in my hammock, like next to the wall, and I hear like. <sighs> like outside of the thing and i'm like what the hell and so like 10 minutes go by and it's like the middle of the night i'm hearing that and then Mm -hmm. my girlfriend wakes me up she's like hey i have to go to the bathroom and i'm like no you don't like (laughs) like stay stay in here like no not you're not going to the bathroom really bad and like the floor is dirt and i'm like like just go in here just go like just go in here and she's like no this is their house like I can't do that, whatever. Like, just, just like, can you just like walk me over there, please? Like, whatever. And I was like, I kept just trying to delay it, right? Cause I'm like, okay, if there is something out there, I'm gonna wait till it like leaves. So I kept delaying. She's like, I need to go. Like, I have to go right now. And like, she's just gonna go without me. I was like, frick. So I go out there. I'm like carrying like, a stick, even though it's not gonna do anything. And like, the next morning, I'm, I'm talking to the guy who spoke English. And he's like, no, that's just the pigs. Like, the pigs make noise like that. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, I was freaking out. Like, there was a tiger walking, like, circling our our thing. Um, wow. Like, the bathroom thing and hearing a tiger. I slept. The hammock was super comfortable. It was nice. 
Because oh, yeah. like 80 degrees every single place you go. And I'm always freezing cold, so that's perfect for me. <laughs> yeah. And I remember in the vlog, you interacted with an elephant. How was oh, yeah. that? Dang, all these memories coming back. I, I'm forgetting about all this stuff. Yeah, so they, <laughs> we went on a hike. It was probably like an eight, ten-mile hike. And that was that was terrible for me. I hate walking. Uh, <laughs> but we walked all the way out there. Um, it was raining. Uh, and then by the time we got there, there was a... Asian elephant. I didn't realize Asian elephants are um, not the same size as African elephants. So it was probably eight feet tall, seven feet tall. No, nah, maybe less. Honestly, maybe like seven feet tall, but it was still huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a guy walked up with the elephant like on a leash, and they said, like, "Yeah, like we just like kind of like played with it." Like everyone I was with was a bunch of girls, and they're like they're super scared of it. Um, and like I was like, "Oh, this is like they they hang out. This elephant's so used to people." So I kind of walked up like. Put my hand out like it was sniffing me like let me mm-hmm. pet him whatever yeah. and then we all took it to the river and like we bathed the, the elephant um and like oh. it, yeah that's where just like you know scratching them and like water and soap and stuff like that uh but that was an awesome experience the elephant itself had like such a personality so he would like come up hang out with everybody and then mm-hmm. when he like it, he would just take off in the jungle like just run out and like go and like it would be like three minutes to go by and then he'd just come back and hang out for a little while and then like yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's there's definitely some sort of enclosure that they have them in. It's like so it's like a rescue facility, mm-hmm. but the enclosure has got to be huge because I couldn't see like there was like some open grass and like trees and everything. I didn't see any type of enclosure. Like he just disappeared in the jungle and would come back and stuff. Um, wow! Yeah, the elephant. That, it was sick. So I've heard a lot of stories about how some certain people mistreat their animals. Like for example when they ride their elephants, they kind of just whip them yeah, and yeah. use them to get into yeah. that shape. But do you think that this area you were at, the people there, were they treating the elephants right? Yeah, I mean, I assume so. It's a rescue facility that they say. So okay. um, it looked like they, they were treated right for sure. I didn't see anyone. Like, the elephant wasn't ridden at all when I was there. Mm. They just kind of like walked next to the elephant. Um, and I mean, like they are done a, maybe yelling at it a little bit, but I didn't see anything that looked like abuse. And I think that they, I think that this place I was at, I think it rescues them from people that like ride them and, uh, you know, abuse them within the same country. And they take them out to this like sanctuary or whatever. Apparently, I don't know, this could just be like, you know, a selling thing or whatever, but that's what, that's what we were told when we went there. So, Mm. yeah. That's such a cool experience though. That that was, it was crazy. I'm, I'm so glad I got it on video. Yeah, for sure. And where would people see that video? Huh? Where would people see that video? Oh, that's on my old YouTube channel that I haven't posted on in almost a year. Um, I don't remember what that video was called, but if you just go to Hayden Humphrey and then like scroll down, maybe like, I don't know, 10, 20 videos, you'll see Cambodia. If you type in Hayden Humphrey, Cambodia, it'll definitely come up as like probably the first one. So, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, that's cool. And another question, how do you stay fit during your travels? My travel? I always want to find a gym. So, like, for me, during this quarantine stuff, I'm pissed because, like, lifting is, like, what I do. Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. my, you know, 90% of my exercise is just from lifting. Mm-hmm. So, every time I go somewhere, I'm trying to find a gym first. Like, when I first went to Hawaii, I used to have a 24-hour fitness membership. And I would take the bus every single day to just go to 24, lift, and then come back. It was like it was like 
250 each way. And I remember like thinking that like, I wasn't even that young. I was 17. I was like, Oh my God, $5 every day. Lift. Like, this is crazy. Like whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I would do that every day. Uh, when I was in London, our hotel had a little gym. And then in Cambodia, there was a gym out there. It was like a regular, it was like probably half the size of EOS, like, you know, just a normal gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, but quick story about that. There was a guy, I had a Redlands basketball shirt on. And the guy mm-hmm. who owned the gym was a like, Cambodian dude. He's like, oh, my, like, Redlands, like, I, I'm from Orange County. I was like, what the heck? And we started talking. Like, we played basketball in the same areas and stuff like that. So that was kind of wild. Wow. Um, world. But, yeah, but back to your question. Yeah, I always, I always try to find a gym wherever I go. And then worst case, if I can't find a gym, then, you know, I'll do, I'll do body workouts and, and things like that. But I can usually always find a gym somewhere except now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And what type of body weight workouts would you do on your travels and how long would the session? No, I would, I would do, I would work out in the gym during my travels. Like I haven't, I haven't oh, gone to a the gym where I couldn't find a gym yet. As far as I can think. Um, oh, every, yeah, every awesome. able to lift. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. mm-hmm. So I, mean, I put, I put that in the video also in the, the lifting and stuff in Cambodia. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so this is my closing question for all my guests. Okay. What is one experience you recommend people to do to live a regret-free life? Ooh. One experience. I mean, we talked a lot about travel. Let's see if I can get creative with this answer. One experience that I can get people, that people should do to regret less in life. Damn, that's deep. Um, Here's Riley's answer, at least. What do you say, yeah. was like, just be uncomfortable. Start dipping your feet into what you fear. Like, right. if you're afraid of heights, you should skydive, which is a big jump. Yeah, but yeah. you talked about, like, talking to people. Like, if you suffer from social anxiety, just talk to people bit by bit so that you can get good at talking to people. And he said that's how it helped him with, like, his marketing company. Mm, that's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So how not to live a regret-free life? All right, so I got I have some of that kind of answers that a little bit. So recently, I've been just focusing on my business. I guess all I want to do is get my business successful, bring mm-hmm. income, um, whatever, make money, mm-hmm. so that I don't regret not going the engineering route. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I'm doing that, and I'm like, man, I, I don't want to you know prove everybody like wrong where they think, oh dang, Hayden was smart for doing this, whatever. That's always on my mind. So I'm trying to like just just do mm-hmm. that stuff. But I have opportunities where people want to like, like, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to do those things because I want to work on my business. Um, but I had a little bit of a realization like this winter. Like some of these opportunities that I'm getting, like to do and travel and, and things like that that I'm having, mm-hmm. people work their whole life just so that they can do those things. Um when they're, you know, when they're old and when they're successful, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, I'm thinking like, holy crap. Like this is that's literally why people work. So while I have these opportunities, why not take advantage? So if something's right in front of your face, uh like do it. Take advantage of all the all the opportunities that you're given, um, mm-hmm. that are there already. Right. Like you you think about all the things that you don't have and want and stuff like that. But think about what you do have now and are you really taking advantage of, you know, what you could be getting out of life with your current circumstances? Mm, yeah. That's awesome. Mm. And I'm going to add this question on, actually. Do you think 
what you just said can be applied to the quarantine era? Ooh, part of the quarantine era. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, like, you know, I'm guessing a good percentage of people right now are just, are hanging out, uh, like, dang, you know, what do I do? I can't work, I can't do this. Um, let, me, I'm, let me just wait until everything's over with, until my situation, until the situation changes, and then I can, uh, you know, do what I want to do or do what I should do. Um, and don't wait on the situation to change. Like, you know, like, this is a fact we're, we're in this, in this reality right now. Go try to make something happen. Go try to, you know, get something done. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to quite explain it, but like, don't wait for the situation to change. Like, make, like do what you can and mm-hmm. you know, make your own situation, if that makes sense. You know yeah. I mean? Well, I just wanted to tie it back to like, focus on the things you do have right now. Right. You exactly. Exactly. Your opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can, you know, like for me, like I'm, I'm like, it's not making that much of a difference for me because I'm still working on business. Like if, if I was someone who just got fired from a job, maybe this is a time that you can start working on the thing that you always wanted to work on, you know? Mm. So yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And finally, Hayden, where can our listeners find you on your for social sure. media? So you can find my, uh, my Instagram where I do my online training, stuff like that at h3.training definitely i've not been super active i'm working on changing a bunch of stuff right now um but yeah that's where you can find me and then if you want to see my old entrepreneurship and and flipping videos that i used to do uh senior year of college just go to my youtube channel hayden humphrey there's two of them on there the one with the the more subscribers still not that many but um yeah you can go you know watch my old stuff see you know as i'm trying to figure out what i want to do and what kind of you know business mindset i have you can go you can go watch that. So those are my, my two spots. That's cool. Yeah. Hayden, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast episode. It was so great to hear all those stories. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. It was dope. Yeah. Thank cool. you. Cool. Yeah. Good luck to all this. I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing the podcast. I think it's, it's going to be sick. Yeah. Thanks. Can't wait to see how H3 coaching will blow up. Too. Oh, yeah. We'll get another one like a month down the road and we'll, we can talk more about that for sure. All right. For sure. Hey guys, it was amazing having Hayden on the show. Love hearing his crazy adventures abroad. There was one time where Riley, Hayden, and I traveled, which was to Austin, Texas, and we had a ton of fun together. So I'm hoping all three of us can travel again when this pandemic is all over. Make sure to follow Recovering Travel Junkie on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook, and catch us next time on wherever you get your podcasts. See ya!